This week's parsha is Parshas Bahar, and the Torah writes in Parak Chafei Pasuk Lamed Hey, Ki bechiyamuch achicha, if your brother has become impoverished, he's having financial problems, umata yaday, and his hand is beginning to slip, meaning his whole financial house of cards is beginning to topple. And now you have to strengthen him. You have to uh, reinforce his, his situation. You have to make sure that he's taken care of, that he's not going to be crushed by this, by this crisis that he's going through. And your brother should then be able to continue living and being with you. Rashi explains, Al Do not allow your brother who is in very bad financial situations to fall, to go down, to collapse. Because once he falls, then it's very hard to pick him up again. Once a, a person is in a situation of, let's say, personal bankruptcy, or Lailenu, uh, or uh, or his, his his business has to close um, for some reason, his whole parnasa uh, is drying up. Once it dries up, it's a completely new circumstance. <clears throat> when a person is faltering a little bit, you have an opportunity, says the Torah. So at that point, prop him up. Sometimes it takes a little bit of money and you're able to make sure that he exists and that he's able to get back on his feet. Once he completely collapses, it's impossible sometimes. to get. It'll take a hundred times more money to get him back on his feet once he collapses because then he has to start all over again. He has to pay back creditors and he has to you know, begin to learn a new trade and do something brand new. Sometimes when a person is just beginning to, to teeter and you could stop that and you could reinforce him and make sure that he's okay, that he doesn't have to go the next step into bankruptcy or into foreclosure or into a, a bad financial um, process, you have a, a tremendous chus, says the Torah, by support him then. Sometimes we wait until the situation gets really bad. We don't see it as a as a charity case yet. He still sort of has a parnasa. Like uh, you know, there are people that have nothing, so maybe I should give it to them. And not this guy Chach has a business. All right, he'll get back. He'll, he'll find a way to uh, to get back on his feet. He won't. He's looking to you to make sure that he is strong and that he's able to continue uh, paying his clients, paying his vendors, and and not having to falter. And if you're able to catch him at that moment, you have a tremendous chus. That's the greatest chus that you could have. And this is, of course, the famous uh, words of the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchas Matnesanim in Parak Yud, Halacha Zayin says, Shmaina Mailas Yesh Bitzedaka, Zula Maila Mizu. There is eight madregas of Tzedaka. There is, if you would have a, a hierarchy of Tzedaka, so. The Rambam is saying a very big chiddush that he goes and he counts what each and every one of the madrigas of tzedakah are, and then he says, What is the ultimate madriga of tzedakah? What's the highest chus of tzedakah that a person can do? Hamachzik bide Yisrael shemach halva. When a person is able to support. And reinforce somebody that's 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 becoming destitute. He's not there yet, but you're able to give him a gift or a loan. I, I see my shutfus. You do some sort of uh, partnership agreement with him. I mamsi You give him a little business. You see that he has the uh, you know that that he's not doing so well. So you throw some business his way. There's so many. Uh, opportunities that we have to give business to people that are struggling. 
sometimes we we prefer, let's say, to to shop in a uh, in a Gaisha store. And I understand that. It's very I understand very clearly why people would choose to go to a a local uh, you know a key food or a shop and stop or whatever these stores are called or a Costco because you know it's cheaper for you and 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 things are very expensive and the firmer stores are definitely generally much more expensive, much more. And that's true for you. And if you need the money, then in a chanami, of course you should uh, you should look for bargains. But sometimes, you know, you're doing okay. And by giving business to the local from guy, the local establishment that, uh, you know, is employing many, many yidden, and, and uh, that's more important. That's, that's a very important thing, to give people business, to throw people, uh, you know, business. If you need a, you know, a video job done for your business, instead of giving it to a guy that might be a little cheaper, give it to a yid. That's part of this mitzvah, says the Rambam of Echzaktabai, to mechazek, the, uh, to be a, a shutef or to give him business in order to make sure that he's okay. Actually, it's tarech lebriyas, well, you shall see, shouldn't have to beg. What happens to that vendor, that store owner, once his store closes because nobody's giving him business? He's going to have to be a, a charity case. He's going to have to go and, 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 and ask people for hand. That's going to be a lot more expensive to pay and support his family at that point than it is now by giving him an extra few you know, pennies for a, for a box of cereal. It's much better to give him that business rather than allow him, him to collapse. And, and then what? The Alzen Nema and the Ramam continues and says that's what the Torah means in Parshas Bahar when it says Vechzaktabai that you have to you have to support him you have to make sure to hold on to him. What does that mean? Make sure that he could live with you. You want to give him business. You want to support him so that he's going to be one of you. He's going to be able to be continue to, to be able to mefarnes his family and pay his tuition and be able to be an upstanding member of the community. And he could daven like a mensch next to you in shua. Allow him to live like a mensch. Be there for him. Don't allow him to fall. This is a very, very important mitzvah in the Torah. The Chavitz Chaim says a frightening thought, he says that someday you're going to Lassid uh, uh, um you're, you might be on the hook for people that you didn't even understand why that, you know, why are you on the hook? They're going to show you, you know, Aniyim and people that are really down and out and why didn't you help them? And what, when do you want to help them? No, he came to you at a time when he was still okay, but he was, he needed a little extra infusion of capital. You had the money, you didn't give it to him and because of that he went bankrupt he lost his house, he lost his, uh, you know, he couldn't pay tuition, his kids uh, went off the dark, whatever, things that are, you know, crazy ramifications of people financially being, uh, being down uh, could be on our cheshman. Now, of course, if we're yeshiva bach, we don't have to worry about that. We'll get to us in a few minutes about what, uh, you know, how this is nageya to us here in yeshiva, but I'm not talking about now, I'm talking about when you're my age, when you're, when you're beyond and you're making a you're making a parnas, and you're able to to help people, Mirza Hashem. And people will come to you, and they say, "Listen, they're not going to ask for a handout. They don't want they they're they're not asking for charity, but they need a little bit of a, a of an infusion. They need they need some capital for their business, or they need uh, people to support them or to give them business." And you say, "Well, you know, it doesn't make sense. Why would I give the job to you if I can get it with you know somebody else much cheaper? I could outsource and." It's very important at critical times in people's uh, business life to give them a little money as opposed to letting them flounder and fail, and then, and then it's going to be impossible. It's going to be impossible to, uh, to support the person at that point. There's a Gemara in Baba Basra, Dafir Aleph, about Binyaminat Sadik. A certain Sadik, his name is Binyaminat Sadik, and he was the gabai of the of the tzedakah, of the charity in town. And one time a woman came to him during a famine and she said to him, Rebbe Parnaseni, give me support, give me Parnasa. Omar Allah, so he says to her, 
We, we ran out of funds. We have no more money. It's famine. It's really bad times. Recession, depression. We can't give out money anymore. We have no money. Look at, look at my books. I'm, I'm empty. There's, the coffers are completely wiped out. I'm sorry. I'd love to help you, but I can't. So then she said, Amrlai Rabbi, im mefarnaseni, if you don't give me parnasa, hare isha veshiva bonea mesim, then you should know that a woman, namely herself, and seven sons will die. We're gonna die, we have nothing to eat. What are we gonna do? Who who else should we go to? Ahmad Upirnasamishalai. He got up in Yamanat Sadiq and he said, You know what? You're right. I don't have the opportunity to give you from tzedakah, tzedakah is empty. But I could give you for myself, for my own personal savings. And he did that. He gave her parnasa, liyamim chala v'natalamas. And then uh, a short time later, Binyamin Atzadik got very sick. He was about to die. Amru malache hashar sofneakadishparucho. So the malachim made a case for Binyamin Atzadik to the Rabbi Shalom. He should die? How, does, how could that be? He was able to mefarnes a woman and her seven children that she shouldn't die, that they shouldn't die, and now he should die? And the Gemara concludes and says, You got another 22 years to live. So the Chavetz Chaim asks a question on this Gemara, what does it mean that she said to him, Rabbi Parnasini, give me Parnasa? What about, she should have said right away, I need money for myself and seven children. She only pulled out that card about that she had seven children when he said, we don't have any money in the, in the, in the coffers, we have nothing left. So why didn't she say right away, give me and my seven children, you know, money? Why did she say originally Parnasini? And the Chavetz Chaim says a tremendous chiddush. He says that she didn't want charity. She didn't come to him for charity. Parnasani means give me a job. Give me a parnasa. Give me a way that I should be able to support myself. I don't want charity. Most people don't want tzedakah. They're not looking to be charity cases. They want to be able to support their family like a mensch. They want to be able to feed their family honorably. How do you do that? You do that by getting a job. Everybody, you know, nobody wants to be unemployed. People don't want to, no, nobody likes being unemployed. There was a, the other night by Mayrev, there was a, a Yid that came uh, to collect money. I happen to know who he is because he used to come to my house. He's from Eretz Yisrael. And he's, uh, he has a big yichus, very chash of a mishpacha. I know, I know a lot of his relatives, uh, a very, very uh, distinguished uh, person. And he asked the, you know, and he and and he has to support his family. He has like eleven children, and one sorry after another sorry. He used to be a, a job. He used to have a job. He used to have be able to support other people, and now he fell on hard times. And uh, and I know the story. I know that it's it's a thousand percent true. And he say he told me that somebody you know said that you know I don't believe you. I don't believe uh, you know that you're really you're this much in debt. And you, he says halavai I should be a chakran. He said, I wish that I was a chakra. And he said, you think I want to go around schnarring money from people, going to, leaving home and, and going to, from Eretz Yisrael to America and going and, and, and asking people for handouts? Halavai says, I, should, I wish I was a chakra. I'm not going to be a chakra. And that's the truth for everybody. You know, a lot of times when people come for tzedakah, we sort of don't look at them. We look at their hand. And we, uh, we dehumanize them in a sense. We say, oh, these are, you know, he's a, he's a collector, and you give him, you don't even look at his face. You give him, uh, give him a dollar, and that's it, and you think you're, you're a big tzaddik. I, I, I heard a story recently about Rabbi Wallerstein, Zechariah Levracha. Rabbi Zechariah Wallerstein, I'm sure you all know, you know, he was a, a very, very uh, great man, and he did a lot for Kali Yisrael. He had a heart of gold, and he, uh, when he saw a need in Klai Yisrael, he filled that need, whether it was kids at risk or girls or shidduchim or, uh, or drugs or any crisis that Klai Yisrael was facing. He didn't just say, oh, you know, terrible, what are the G'daylam doing about it? But he actually did something. 
and you know he made a he made a, a girl's high school and then he made a girl's uh, seminary and then he made uh, a horse ranch up in uh, in Bethel up in upstate New York so that girls that are uh, that are addicted to drugs and 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 stuff they found that it's very therapeutic to be metapple with horses so yeah, millions of dollars went into all these projects he he, he fundraised for it and he a very very fascinating person and, and Nebuch he, he was just nifter last week two weeks ago he was 64 years old in the prime of his life a very very tragic uh, you know fact for Klal Yisrael so I heard a, in one of the Hespedim for him that somebody said a beautiful story that he was um, he uh, uh, every Friday he would go to a certain takeout store in Flatbush like before Shabbos, and he would, uh, Rabbi Wallerstein, he would go and buy, you know, just extras for his children, his grandchildren, he knew what each kid liked, you know, this kid liked uh, Baba Ganush, and this kid liked, uh, you know, Moroccan salad, and this guy liked some uh, certain type of this, so he went and he bought takeout for, you know, right before Shabbos, and there was always a, a yid, I know exactly which store this is in Flappish, uh, I used to go to it also, I know the yid that was sitting outside the store, and, uh, and every Friday he would give him, you know, a couple of dollars in his, in his pushka. And he said, Rabbi Wallerstein, thank you so much. And I love your tie. He said, I like my tie. He gave him a few extra dollars. And um, he says one week he came a little bit earlier. Uh, instead of coming late on Friday afternoon to this takeout store, he came earlier. And like it was early in the morning, it was maybe uh, 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning, and he saw, he was about to give tzedakah to this guy, he saw that there was a yeshiva bacher who had brought for this person sitting outside this takeout store, he brought him a, a, a coffee and a danish from a local bakery. So Wallerstein was very impressed. He said, like, you know, did he ask you to, you know, he pulled over the yeshiva bacher after he said, did he ask you to get you that, to get him that? He says, well, you know, one week I just, uh, you know, I asked him uh, if I could do anything for him, and he says, you know, could you please just get me a coffee in advance? I don't want to take up any time. Friday is the day that I make my most mo- the most money, so I don't want to. I can't walk two blocks in each direction and get a, get myself a Danish or a coffee, but I really need one. So could you do it for me? So he says every Friday. I went and I and I got him a day. He didn't ask me, but I did it for myself. That was my tzedakah for him. I went and I bought for a couple of bucks a coffee and a Danish, and I brought it to him. And, and that's that was my mitzvah. Every Friday I did that. And Wallerstein was like very, very blown away by this one simple, steady act of uh, of um, of tzedakah. And he said that the different. He would say afterwards when he would tell over the story that the difference between me and this. Yeshiva Bacher, is I saw the cup. I saw that styrofoam cup, you know, for the, for the pushka. And, that, and I, I stared at that cup, and I gave whatever, a couple of dollars every Friday, and I felt good. I walked away. He says the Yeshiva Bacher that did this, he saw the cup, but then he also saw that there was a hand attached to the cup. And then he saw there was an arm, and then he saw there was a body and a heart and a mind and eyes and lips and he and then he acted on that. And that's a tremendous Muslim schmooze. Aniyim are not like we sometimes look at there's the regular people in life, then there's Aniyim. As if they're like not human, they're not really Jews, they're not really, you know, part of our they're they're just people that, you know, they're Mizaka us to do a mitzvah with. And that that is true. It's definitely a schus that we get by giving whatever we could afford to an ani, but an ani is not an ani. An ani is you and me. He just happens to be down on his down down on his luck. You know, there's a Gaisha expression there, but for the grace of God go I. Like if not for certain, you know, fortunate twists in, in my life, in your life, you know, Khasvashalam, we could also be in the exact same circumstance. And so you have to look at Aniyim with new eyes. You have to look at an ani with that it's not the cup, it's not the pushka, it's the, there's a hand, a human warm hand that's holding, and there's a family behind that pushka, and there's a, a life, and there's a pride, and there's a, a childhood, and, a, and, a, and there, there's so much in it that goes into every, every yid, every person. And so what she wanted, says the Chavitz Chaim, was Parnasseni, give me Parnasla. I'm not looking for handouts, I want to get, give me a job. And then he says, well, I, I can't. She says, no, 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 I'm, I want to support myself. 
and he gave her a job, and he was mefarnes. His uh, he was able to support her, and in such a way, maybe by that money that he gave from herself, maybe she was able to set up some business of some sort. And as a result, she was going to be able to continue to support herself and seven children. She wasn't looking for a one-time a one-time contribution is very nice but that's not really going to last for too long that's only good as far as it's as long as it stays in your in your pocket what happens when that money runs out whether it's ten dollars or a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars it's going to stop at one point then you have to come on to uh more tzedakah more tzedakah so the Ramam is telling us that the greatest form of tzedakah is not to just give somebody money that's wonderful and that we should definitely be doing as well but if you really want to do the best thing possible, it's find other people means of parnasa, being able to allow themselves to support themselves in life. There's, a, there's an expression that, that goes that if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach a man how to fish you feed him for a lifetime. If you're able to give somebody the ability, the wherewithal to support himself, to understand how to earn a parnasa, to give him a livelihood, you teach him a trade, you teach him, uh, uh, you get him involved in your business, you hire him, you, uh, you, you put him together, you network with somebody else to make sure that, he has, that he's taken care of. If you could do that for another person, you have no idea... How much you're going? How much schar that is? Because it's not just you're giving him a job. Now, because of that, he's able to get married. He's able to have a family. He's able to support his family. He's able to to give money himself to tzedakah to help other people himself. And so, it's so important to give people, as the pasuk says, vechzaktabai, that you should have to you should give him the strength and the fortitude to go on with his life and to be proud and to be able to, to give himself the hechatimtza to feed his family uh, going forward. Ravaran Cutler in Mishnah Sarvaran explains the, the psychology of why this mitzvah is so important. He says that an ani, to be an ani, understandably, is tremendously embarrassing. It's a, it's a tremendous busha. Besides for the stress that an ani has to go through, there's tremendous busha. It's, it's so embarrassing to be in a situation that you have to be taking from somebody. The biggest riot to this is that there's a concept in Kabbalah called nama de kesufa. Nama de kesufa means the bread of embarrassment. Nama is bread in Aramaic, and kesufa means to be embarrassed. The bread of shame. Now, how important is the bread of shame? What, how important is it that, you know, to avoid when I'm eating my bread that I shouldn't be embarrassed to eat my bread? The truth is, says Rabbi Aaron, that the whole world was built because of Nama To avoid this bread of embarrassment, HaKadosh Baruch Hu designed the entire world in a certain way. What does that mean? What does the Mesil Sisharim say at the beginning of his Sefer? The Ramchal writes how... What's the main purpose of life? What's the main objective in life? The main objective of life is to be mistabek to the Rabbi Shalom, to be to get idun ha'miti, to get the truest pleasure, which is tapping into the Shechina. That's the the greatest purpose of life is Hakadosh Baruch Hu wants a, a connection with us. He wants to be able to to be mative to us in the deepest, uh, most pleasurable way. Where is the makam ha'idin amiti? Where is the main place that you get this pleasure? He says it's in the next world. In the next world, there is tzadikim yeshvim, atreseim, bereshayim, and enemies of Ashkina. Tzadikim said they have a certain crown, like an aura around them, and they're getting hanamis of Ashkina. That's really in Eilam Haba, the tzadikim that are zeichet Eilam Haba, they're sitting in a bliss that we can't imagine. We've spoken about the the Mechtem how he brings from his Rebbe, um, that the, you take all the cumulative pleasures of this world, what's the pleasures that we consider in this world? A gishmaka steak, sushi, uh, you know, taivis noshim, taivis uh, kavid, whatever it is that, that, that a person thinks about, dreams about, thinks of, that's it, that, I need that. If you take the pleasure of every single person in the world today, 
whatever, six, seven billion people around the world, all the pleasures that they had in their lifetime, plus all the pleasures of every man from the beginning of creation until the end of creation, every single pleasure, trillions and trillions and trillions of units of pleasure, and you're able to give that all to one human being, put that in a capsule, and give it to somebody, that's the schar that of the shvachas the mitzvah that a person does in this world, you get that in Eilam Haba. You take the weakest mitzvah, your worst mitzvah. Let's say this, this morning's davening was like a really shvachah. I was tired. I was falling asleep the whole davening. My tefillin, I even forgot that I was wearing them. And it was like, a, but I, I put it on, but I, I didn't have really the super kavana that it was really weak. And I'm really like not even proud of that shvachas the mitzvah, the worst mitzvah that you did. I don't mean a mitzvah that you did like with you know with bad covenants so or negative. Just it wasn't it wasn't on fire. So you picked the weakest mitzvah, the schar that you got for that weakest mitzvah that you didn't even think was anything is greater than all of the cumulative pleasures of this world. The schar, that pleasure, that idun amiti is so great that it's greater than all you. So we're spending our whole life fantasizing about getting a single pleasure, and in, in the meantime, the mitzvahs that we could be chopping for, you know, would be greater than a trillion times that, that feeling, that sensation of pleasure. It's an amazing thing. Anyway, so the Ramchal continues and he says, the place is really in, in the next world. So, okay, if you, Hashem really wants to give me that pleasure, so give it to me, I'll take it. No, you can't take it in this world. Why? Because first you have to earn it. If, we, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu just give you this pleasure in the next world as a handout, you'd feel like guilty. It's like, you know, if somebody, uh, if somebody um, you know, let's say you, 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 you get a, uh, you have a test, okay? And you get 100 on the test. You feel great, right? I, I aced the test. Let's say you only got 100 because uh, the teacher gave you all the answers, but he likes you a lot, and he snuck, snuck you, he, he stuck you with a piece of paper, like a, a cheat sheet, and he, he gave you all the answers. And you, you do it, and then you got 100. Shkayach, you know, who, is that, does that make you feel proud? Or you, got a, you had a messiah, you cheated, and you got 100 based on You don't feel good about it. You feel disgusting. I was like, I got that for free. I was like, I didn't deserve it. So I don't, I don't feel any pleasure by something I don't deserve. So part of the divine design of creation is HaKadosh Baruch is going to give us this world. He's going to put us through all the challenges, all the nesiyanis, all the tests, the hard times, the difficult, the impossible times, and all the taivas, and all the nesiyanis, and all of the, all the averis that we've succumbed to, and then we did tshuva for. And, it's, and we come and we're like bruised and, and scuffed and, and damaged, but hopefully we get through this world with schusim after all is said and done. We're not perfect. But we tried and we really, and we earned it. What we come up to Shemaim, they give us, we earned. We see it's like Mamash Ahar Gadol. The Gemara says in the end of Sukkah that Sadiqim see like the Eitzar is like Ahar Gadol. It's like, how did I do that? How was I able to be, I'm a Benisayin, it was so difficult. And I, I was able to do that and I feel really good about myself. Then you get that schar and then you feel like a million bucks. But if you just would get it as a handout, that's Nama de Kasufa. So HaKadosh Baruch has to build this whole universe, this whole planet Earth, with billions of people, and childbirth, and, and then uh, you know, youth, and then teenage years, and, 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 and this time in our life, and then beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and, and adulthood, and senior citizen, and, and, like, and all the, the financial issues, and the taivas, and the sinus, and shmir seinayim, and for what? Namadikasufa. So that we could someday come and earn it, and not get a handout. Cesar Varon, you see how powerful Nama de Kasufa is. This isn't just a little thing. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll get over it. Just give me the handout. I'll take it. No, no, no. You don't want to take it. That busha of taking something without earning it is so strong. It's so powerful. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu understands that, Kaviyachal, in such a deep way that he built this whole world so that you shouldn't feel that. So when you're able to be a little bit of, a, a, of the Rabbi Nishlam Kaviyachal. If you're able to be Valachta Bedrachav and also give somebody the opportunity that he shouldn't have to have Nam de Kasufa, I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to go, to, go through life as, a, as somebody that's a Meshulach going around from person to person begging. I want you to feel 
proud of what you're doing. I don't want you to have a free hand out here. Take this. You know, this is yours. Eat it. Enjoy it. I can't enjoy it. It's it's namadik sufa. But give me a parnasa. Teach me how to fish. I'll enjoy the fish. I'm not going to, if you give me a fish, I don't feel good eating it. But if you teach me how to fish, and now I feel like I did it myself, I feel like proud, I feel like I'm able to do this, that's a tremendous milo. That's, there's, there's no greater schus and tzedakah, says the Rambam, than that, being able to make people feel proud of themselves. Give them a job. Give them opportunities. Give them patronize their businesses, make them, make them feel strong and good and, 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 and support them when they need to be supported. Don't wait till they collapse financially. Then they're going to be, then it's all going to be Namba You could still salvage their pride. And that's the greatest gift that you could give. I just want to end with how this is Nagaya to us. Obviously, if we have any tzedakah money, you know, if we earn money over the summer, if in general we tutor or whatever and we give tzedakah money, that's tremendous. And that, you know, that's all part of what we're saying. If we have an opportunity to hook up somebody, let's say you know about a, a, an internship, an externship, uh, you know, some job opportunity, uh, whatever it may be, and, and there's a, an availability in your, where you work, so you work somewhere on Shabbos and they're looking for somebody else, you know, somebody that could really use extra money. So tell them about it. That's Vechzaktaba. That's You're giving a person an opportunity to earn extra money. That's tremendous. But Ramesha Sternbach in his Sefer Tambadas um, says that it's really Nagea, uh, even B'nai Taira. Even us who learn in Yeshiva, we're Shayach to this mitzvah Vechzaktaba. Sometimes, not sometimes, it happens every day. We're just not looking at, at, at this. And especially in, in this yeshiva, there are people that are not doing well. They're not doing well on many levels. They're not doing well in sheer. They're floundering. Now, if you allow them to flounder and to, and to, just, like, and to just completely sh- collapse then that's a tragedy, that's a crisis. Sometimes they're still, they're floundering, and you see that they're not getting sheer, they're not really doing so well chavrusa-wise, or something is, is, is problematic. You see there's a problem developing. You can come in, you could swoop in, and you can, you can help the situation. Sometimes you see a guy that's sitting and learning alone. He's learning alone. Why is he learning alone? Well, maybe he's learning alone because he doesn't like learning with a chavrusa. Okay, not recommended, but if that's his hakbada, fine, I understand that. But very often, more often than not, I would say nine out of ten times, if you see a guy in your shear learning alone, it's because he doesn't have a chavrusa. Why doesn't he have a chavrusa? He doesn't have a chavrusa either because he, there's an odd number of guys in the shear, there wasn't the ability to give a or maybe he was assigned the chavrusa, but the guy is like not showing up, he's sleeping late every day, or he's, uh, you know, he's just off the plantation, he's off the, off the grid, whatever it is, but the guy is not able to learn or learn properly without a chavrusa. He has no incentive to come to base Medrash. Why would I come to base Medrash and sit alone, be embarrassed by learning by myself, everybody's staring at me that I don't have a chavrusa, why, you know, what's going to happen with them eventually is just going to stop coming. We know guys like that. We, they might be our roommates. They might be us. I don't know. Just stop coming because, like, I don't have a chavrusa. So, uh, you know, what, what, should I be, what should I do in the basement? Just sit there. Now, you're sitting next to that guy. You have a chavrusa. Did you ever stop and think, maybe I should ask that guy to triple up with us? Triple up. I know it's not geschmack to triple up. It's not, it's not, it's not the, the, the perfect not the perfect situation. But do you realize that by tripling up with somebody and allowing him at least to sit next to you and, be, and, and, and participate a little bit, by doing that, it's vechzaktaba, your mamish strengthening him, you're giving him the ability to, to exist in yeshiva, you're giving him the ability to not have nama to kasufa, that he doesn't have to feel like a schnar, he doesn't have to feel like, like a, a third wheel. Like, fe- let, let him feel good about himself. 
Ask him if he wants to learn with you, or if you know somebody else that's that's looking for chavrusa, be a shatchan. Don't get your hands dirty a little bit. You, you you might not be paid as uh you know as the sheer mashkiach or the sheer representative or the shailomate, but do it yourself. You see somebody not doing well in college. Do you know that if a guy doesn't do well in his uh in let's say he's taking uh pre med. And he and he doesn't do well in uh, you know in 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 orgo or in uh, in chem or in uh, in bio or whatever it is. If he doesn't do well, and you, then that's the difference between him being you know a doctor, a PA, a, a dentist, whatever it is that he's trying to go go for, or not. He has to get a certain GPA. He's got to keep maintain a GPA in order to get into the school of choice, whatever it is that he wants to be. You have the opportunity to help him. You see that he's not getting the labs. It's just not going well. Or bio, he tells you, is very tough for him, or chem, or whatever. And you don't have a lot of extra time, but you maybe have enough time to sit down and help him with that problem. Obviously, if you're uh, any major, if it's, uh, if it's computer science, or if it's uh, accounting, or whatever it might be, if you have an opportunity to help somebody... That's your zchus. For the rest of your life, that guy got into, into his graduate school of choice because of you. When every, month, every dollar that he makes of salary, every time he gives his kid a, a meal, every time that he's able to buy his wife jewelry, every time that he's able to give tzedakah himself, every time that he's able to, uh, you know, to, 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 to give money to his shul, whatever he's doing, that's because of you. And when I was uh, when I was a bacher, I um, I think I might have mentioned this before. I there was a guy in I was in college, um, you know, when I was in yeshiva, and and, uh, and there was a guy that was really not doing well. And he asked me he asked me if I could help him. It was with accounting or business or something, and I said sure. Or statistics, I think it was. And uh, and I said sure, and I gave him I gave him my time. I gave him my time, and every single, I don't know how long I did it for, honestly, but I gave him, I, I, I enabled him to get through his coursework. Anyway, P.S., you know, I, I, I just, I didn't, I, haven't, I didn't see him for many, many years, and then I bumped into him many years later. The guy's like probably one of the richest guys I know. He was able, because he graduated college, he got a job, he got a job, he, he parlayed that into something else. Today he has, I don't want to say what he does, but you, you, know, you probably see, see his company around. But you know, he's, he's doing extremely well. He's a huge Baal Tzedakah. He's, like, uh, he's on top of the world, Baruch Hashem. He has a beautiful family. And I'm not taking credit for it. But you know, in Shemayim, it's very possible, it's possible, that for the few hours or whatever it was that I gave him, that I have a chalik in every single thing that's happening to him in his life. I invested in him. I didn't put money into him. I didn't put a dollar into him. He didn't give me money either. But I gave him my time. I gave him my, you know, whatever chachma I was able to impart, I gave it to him. And it's, it might not be such a crazy connecting the dots to, you know, if I stop and think about it, in Shemayim, whatever you do in life, it might be tutoring a kid. It might be you know, finding a guy in yeshiva that needs it and, and, and helping him out, learning an extra seder with him. There are so many stories that people that were really down and out, they were, they were poor, they were impoverished, not money-wise. They might be billionaires, it doesn't matter, but they felt bad about themselves. They weren't able to, to, to learn. They weren't able to make a laning. They weren't able to chapshir. They weren't able to get through their college work. Or they were just depressed, Tom. They didn't have friends. And you go and you come and, and say, you want to go out, let's go to a pizza store together, come to my house for Shabbos. Do you know what that does to a person? And all of a sudden you light that person up and he's able to now start really excelling in whatever he's trying to do. And now his whole life is on a new trajectory because you gave him that little chizuk, that He's able to live with you. He feels like a mensch. Now he feels good about himself. Now he's able to start a family. He's able to have children, community, job. You don't know what you just did to that person. That's something that you and I could do as well. You don't have to be you know, a tremendous baltzadaka, a tremendous gavir to mekayim this mitzvah of You just have to be 
observant. You have to look at the, not at the cup, you don't, but look at the hand, look at the arm, look at the heart. There's a person, it could be somebody from your, you know, from your room, it could be somebody from your shir, it could be somebody from your major, it could be somebody from yeshiva. It doesn't have to be somebody in this yeshiva, it might be a friend in a different yeshiva. And you know that he's struggling. And you have to be on the lookout for that. And you have to make sure that you catch him before he falls. Everybody knows the Humpty Dumpty, uh, uh, you know, muscle. Humpty Dumpty was a, like it was an egg, and uh, and it was on the well. You could catch him before he falls. But once he falls, then all the king's horses, what was all the king's something, and all the king's men, you know, can't put him together again. You can't once it, the egg cracks, it's finished. You can't. You can never repiece it. But you could catch the egg before it falls, and you'd be able by doing that to salvage to salvage uh, everything. But don't let him fall. I've seen so many cases of people that have been helped before they fall, and and their life is miraculously amazing after that. They unbelievable. So many times, you know, I'll, I could tell you countless stories, other Abayim and Yeshiva, people that literally, they were on the brink of falling, somebody caught them, and now they're doing, you bump into them years later, and they they're, have a nice parnasa, a nice wife, nice family, like, wow, how did that happen? And then sometimes there are guys that they've fallen, and once they fell, that was it. You just, uh, you, you, can't, you can never put the pieces together. Impossible to piece them together again. You know, Dr. Lander, who this, this institution is named after, I think his greatest accomplishment, and very underrated, um, is the ability that he had to be mefarnes literally thousands and thousands of families, of Jewish families. I mean, just us alone in this room, in this yeshiva right now currently, Mitzvah you're all going to graduate, whether it's uh, this year or beyond, and Mitzvah Shem, you'll have a degree, and with that degree, you'll be able to either go on to graduate school or get a job. And then there are countless women, you know, that are supporting husbands in Kailal, or, or just not even in Kailal. Today, it takes very often two salaries to, to, to pay for all the expenses of a family, between camps and, and, and yeshiva and mortgages, and it's expensive life. But how many thousands of people did one man, because of his, his brilliance, he started Turo College, and Turo College is basically a college that enabled, it's true, it's, a, it's also a business, he, he, you know, it was, uh, but he didn't really make too much money from it. He never wanted to take a big salary for whatever his cheshman was, and uh, he was really doing L'Shem Shemayim. I knew him personally. He was a Yid that lived L'Shem Shemayim, and he was Mefarnes thousands and thousands of people. And, you know, he wasn't considered, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, were very upset at college and this and that. But Lemaisa, you know, you can't argue with, with the results. The results are that because of him, this was his mitzvah, he was able to give B'nai Taira and girls, they didn't want to go to a, a, a Gaisha college campus. Today, you know, you have a lot of college, th- things called online online college, so you don't even understand like what the, like what's the big deal? If I don't go to Torah, I'll go to Phoenix University online or whatever. I'll, same degree, same money, whatever. Like, But back in the day, it was the choice between before Torah was made and, you know, there was other, you know, Jewish colleges with their own Nisianists there, but, but most people didn't go there. Most people went to a local college. They went to, you know, Cornell. I once had a friend that you know from guy went to Cornell, and he said I think it was I don't know I think there was twenty five thousand students in Cornell at the time. I don't know if that's accurate or not. He said most of them are Jewish. They're a rive of the of the of the students in Cornell back in the time, going back many decades. But they, most of them were Jewish. He says, and you could walk on on the college campus and not know that a single person was Jewish. He made it his business to wear a yarmulke, to wear tzitzis, and he ended up becoming a, you know, he, he, was a, he ended up becoming a very, very, uh, you know, a big Tamil Chacham. But 
says, you know, it was, Dr. Land used to call it the crematorium of America. Very harsh language, but many millions of people were sucked into college and the parents meant well. They wanted to send their kids to have the ability to be fighters themselves. And they went to these college campuses and then, you know, they started participating in all of the things that college kids do, Rahman al Islam. And, um, and, and many, right of the people that went to these, not, it's one thing if you went to a Brooklyn College, Queens College, there was a strong group of from people that were there, so that held you strong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you know, people that went to Ithaca and uh, Utica and whatever, and, uh, and all these you know, state universities in, in, you know, or Yopitz and you know, in, 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 in states out, outside of New York and New Jersey. And there was like mamish. It's a. It was a midbar. It was a, and 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 this is what Dr. Lander saw that it's not. It's not viable. So most people didn't didn't send their kids to. If you're a firm person, you couldn't send your kids to college because. And what happened to them? They you know they weren't able to finance themselves normally. So that uh, you know have like a shvacha parnasa and 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 always and always uh, never be able to make ends meet. And look at what he did. I think he was 54 years old when he when he started Turo College. It's pretty late in life to start something like that. And today, Turo is 50 years old, and it has the ability to be mefarnes and, and just gets better. You know, you have the opportunities today that you didn't have. You know, back in the day when he just started, there was maybe some, you know, accounting and computer or whatever. There was, and now they have a medical, you know, how many medical schools they have and how many speech therapies and, and PA programs and psychology programs. Amazing. It's crazy what they have. You don't, and you you could stay from, you could stay shemitar mitzvahs and yanta if you have off, and you don't have, you don't. There's no mesiras nefesh almost for it. That's a tremendous chus. That's a that Dr. Lander, you know, is uh, has a tremendous. I have a friend who on Purim went over to Dr. Lander, b'seif yamim. Dr. Lander had arichas yamim. He was blind the last decade of his life. And uh, he wasn't well, but he never stopped. He mamish till the last day. He went to the office, and he was he was like uh, you know. And so on Purim, he was eating by uh, his son's house, Dr. Rabbi Lander's house. And uh, so my friend was there. He went over to him, and he was drunk. Not Dr. Lander. He was drunk at my friend, and he said, "Dr. Lander, I'm mekana your ilam haba." What Ilam Haba you have, like, you know, all the thousands of people that are able to mefarnes, all the Kailo husbands that are able to stay and learn because their wives are supporting them and whatever. I, I'm so Mekaniyo, I kept saying Mekaniyo Ilam Haba. So Dr. Lander got very upset and he says, Why are you sending me to Ilam Haba already? Like, he looked at it like he's giving him an Ayin Hara, like he's looking to kill him off already, to bump him off. I mean, the guy was 90, in his 90s, but like, but that's what he was, he was just a machine of Echzaktabai. He saw it. He gave. He gave, uh, and it's something that we can't take for granted. We're in this institution. We're not not giving a schmooze in, you know, in some. This is the Lander College for Men. This is his mitzvah. This is his schmooze. You have to be mechazik somebody else. If you see an opportunity to help somebody else with parnasa, you have to do it. You don't have a choice to do it. And when you do it, you'll be the greatest recipient. You feel good about yourself. You know that you enabled somebody to thrive and not to collapse. And then you see him. You see the Paris. You see, wow, look at that. He's, he's doing amazing now in Shear. And he got married, and he has a family, and has, all because I helped him. There's no greater schus than that. There's no greater, uh, you should give yourself a huge pat on the back if you could do it, and you could do it. I'm not telling, this isn't a schmooze that you bookmark for later in life like some of my schmoozen are. This is a schmooze that you could do today. Just look around the room. Go to the base madrash and look around and see what can I do to help people. How could I be mechazik somebody? I see a roommate's not getting up for davening. Something's he's not getting up for davening. Not not getting up for davening because you know he's just an atzlan. He's not a lazy person. Nobody wants to be lazy. You know why he's not getting up for davening? He might be because he got to sleep too late. That might be, but more often than not, when a person doesn't get up in the morning. That means he's depressed. A person that's happy and that's on fire and that's, you know, that means, you know, he's up. He's, 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 he's jumping out of bed, saying, Maidani, watching Negovasar, taking a, you know, getting, getting out, starting davening, learning before davening, whatever. He's on fire. That's, that's not 
what this guy is. This guy, if he's, not, if he's getting up at 10 o'clock in the morning, he's not a Russia, he's not lazy, he's just depressed. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the ambition that you do. Why is that? Why is he depressed? I don't know. You have to ask him. Is everything okay? What can I do to help you? Well, not doing so well in this class. I'm flunking out of that. I just got to see on that. Okay, what can I do to help? I know this, or I know somebody that could help you. Would you want me to make a shidduch? Maybe he has time for you. Well, shear is really hard. I don't, I don't, maybe we have to get you into a different shear. We have to find you a chavrusa. Prop him up. Prop him up, because if he doesn't get propped up and we just let, let things go... He's going to be umach. He's going to be impoverished in a way that we'll never be able to rescue him again. And that is the greatest mitzvah of tzedakah is to be able to help somebody as they're teetering, as they're on the verge of like what's going to be. We swoop in, we help them, we're mechazik them, we give them friendship, we give them love, we give them a hug, and we give them any support that we're able to until we see that they are strong enough to help other people and to be mefarnis other people. There are so many stories, we don't have time, it's very late, but books have been written about certain people, and this not books about G'daylam. I always say my favorite books, the, the, the books that, the biographies that inspire me the most are not the G'daylam books. I can't always relate to G'daylam books as we know. It gets, something that it's too depressing, like to see how brilliant they were and how, so you skip maybe the first chapters about, you know, how they knew Shas when they were born, and then you, you know, but once you get to the tzaddik part of the book, that you can somewhat relate to. But sometimes there are books written about, about laymen, about Balabatim or, or people that were not necessarily Rosh Hashivas, they just were good. They might be Tamidacham, but they, were, they did a lot in terms of the Benad Lechavere aspect of their life. That's something that we could relate to. And there are books written or, or snippets in many books written about how people literally found the ability to help other people in ways that are unimaginable, unfathomable, but they did it. And that is their greatest legacy. Their greatest legacy is they were able to not just stop uh, and think about only themselves. I have Parnassa, my kids are healthy, everything is good in my life, uh, I'm doing well in Shir, I'm doing well in college, so Baruch Hashem, Shalom Alei Nafshi, I'm good, what do I... <laughs> no, that's, that's good, that's a first level of, of being a human being, you want to first preserve your own self, that's very good. But then after that, once you find that you're in a good place, now it's your obligation as a year to look beyond the gavol of your own life and see what I could do to help others and to bring them into the circle, to bring them into, into your world and allow them to thrive, allow them to, to flourish. And when we could do that, then that is the greatest chus that we could find. And it's this chus that's a medes la'ad for generations to come. Until the end of time, it will be our chus that we have helped bring people to their truest potential. And that's uh, something that, Amir Hashem, we will all be zeichet to Kenyan Have a good Shabbos.